Stacy and I'm Norma and we're Black Girls with Accents. Good morning everybody. Hello everyone. I'm assuming it's morning but it could be afternoon, who knows. <laughs> Welcome back to Black Girls with Accents. So we are continuing on with our interviews with other black girls with accents and this morning we are delighted to have a special guest that we've been trying to get for a minute you know life gets hectic you know schedules are difficult to um uh manage sometimes all around but we are lucky right timing is everything and as i often say everything in its time everything when it's meant to be this morning we are delighted to have a conversation with Leslie Ann McFarlane. She is a wonderful producer of both commercials and independent films, and she's worked globally. So we have a global producer in the midst with us uh, this morning. Uh, You might be familiar with her work, films such as Play the Devil and Hero, which was inspired by the extraordinary life and times of Mr. Yurik Cross, and both open for the Trinidad and Tobago Film Festival. She's currently working on a short film and she is also co-founder of a social enterprise which is dedicated to creating a sustainable ecosystem for film and television producers and directors in Trinidad and Tobago and the wider Caribbean. And it's called the Filmmakers Collaborative of Trinidad and Tobago, which is, as you know, if you're a listener and you're a creative, extremely important. We need these kinds of Um, collectives, support systems, networks for our creatives, especially those who are often um, overshadowed by Western uh, enterprises. So, good morning. Welcome, 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 Leslie. Yeah. Thank you for joining (laughs) us this morning. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning, Norma. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And we We're are excited to have you. Yeah. I've been an avid listener for quite a while now, so it feels oh. very surreal that I'm on the podcast today. Oh, thank you. Don't make us blush. Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> you. And, and we welcome you with open arms. And I'm just thrilled that you could um, speak with us today. So, Nominom, why don't you head it off? I think I would, like, start at the, like, beginning. Like, tell me about years in Trinidad, and then tell me how you ended up in the UK. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Trinidad, spent most of my life in Trinidad. I actually came to the UK to study, um, to do my master's, but I've always wanted to come to England because my mom actually trained as a nurse um, back in the very early 60s, and I heard all these fantastic stories about her in her heyday growing up. And I wanted to do that too. You know, you, you really um, idolize um, all these um, fantastic stories you hear. And I decided, okay, I was going to, I was going to choose England to, if I had to study. And I ended up doing my master's here. So it was for one year. And... Um, one year ended up in six because while I was studying, I met my husband, my to be husband. And um, yeah, I ended up getting married and staying out here for a while and working. 
um, for about six years. And then I went back to Trinidad for a few more years and ended up relocating hopefully permanently now because <laughs> the country shifting is it's quite a lot. So um, yeah, so I'm back in England now for the past few years. When you when you went for your masters, was that already towards your producing career? Um, no, I actually didn't study film at university at all. Um, I did my undergraduates at UE um, back at home, and I did visual art. But when I did my masters, I decided I was going to get something quote unquote more practical in the arts because um, my family was paranoid that I couldn't earn a living from art. Um, I grew up in a very traditional family in that sense, and I decided to do cultural policy because um, I figured, well, I could get a government job at the very worst. So, so it was like, okay, I can do this because I wanted to stay in the field of arts. Um, but I thought, okay, I like to read. I like um, analyzing things, but I still love cultural aspects of things. Um, so I thought that was a good marriage. And um, I went to pursue that um, for my master's. And um, post-master's, I realized that there was just so many. Um, the art landscape was just so wide. I ended up working in theater. It, sorry, I, work, I worked for a carnival company first. Um, and not the traditional carnival like how I was oh. used to. So it was really interesting just getting a different perspective. And um, they did like a lot of workshops and things, community-led um, organization. And then I worked for a theater company. And then I made my foray into film via my husband, because um, he's a director and he needed some assistance. And I thought, yeah, I could do this. And um, what started off as just helping occasionally <laughs> ended up to be a full-time job, because I realized I really loved it. Wow. Yeah. Amazing, Adam. No, wow, wow, wow. It's interesting because <laughs> when you said um, you went to school for visual art, I was thinking, really? Um, because, yeah, a traditional Caribbean household, very weary about uh, supporting those kinds of endeavours. So it seems then, though, even though you didn't foresee uh, a career, or maybe you did deep down, but you certainly didn't see entering into producing, directing, any of that uh, on the horizon, even though you didn't see it, you're in it. And perhaps all of that earlier experience led you here in some kind of circuitous way anyway. So can you talk about um, your impressions of, uh, I'm assuming you're close to London. I shouldn't make assumptions though. Where, where, are, you, where are you in the UK? I'm about an hour outside of London, yeah. Okay. So can you speak to your experience, especially since you came over, not as a, you know, the traditional story is, it's changing obviously with time, but not a young person, young enough, but somebody with some lived experience. So di did it did it match up with the narratives that your mom uh, told you as you as you were a young person did it match up at all what was strikingly different what did not meet expectation comparing your life in Trinidad versus uh, the UK what 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 was it like um I think um I wasn't ready for 
the feeling I personally, my personal um, feeling was I felt a little bit isolated because I didn't have a network. I think we take for granted the network that we formed over years, whether you're born in a space or, you know, you have your actually blood family with you or your created family, as I would like to say with you, um, is something that you really take for granted. And I grew up in a large family. I came from an ex I grew up in an extended household as well. Um, so to go from that space to an environment, I was lucky enough to stay with a family member um, that I wasn't, you know, I didn't know much about her at the time. And she opened up her house to me, which was fantastic and really loving of her. Um, but I would say that for me was the most jarring thing and not having that um, that sense of security that it creates. And I think um, that feeling impacts on my work now because I think over the past few years, I've been looking for that sense of community constantly in various ways. Um, and, you know, I've sorted it out and I have been successful in some ways and I haven't. And I think in some ways it just surprises you how it materializes because you go in thinking into an environment, thinking, you know, one thing, or I need to find people that are from my country or sound like me or look like me. And um, sometimes it doesn't end up like that. And sometimes those are the best connections you can create, you know, so it's really forced me to be much more open minded about what, you know, community or family could look like. I love, that, I love that you said that, right? Because we, it's not something that's really taught. I think it's something that's um, assumed that people talk about finding your tribe. When you're a little bit older, it's not not the same as, okay, I grew up with this set of people and I've had them in my life and I know I could always call upon them and I have my work friends. When you're a little bit older entering into space, it is different. But I've been um, hearing this term a lot about creating your own community. And I love what you said about the diversity of your community that we have maybe in our minds one way of thinking about what that community should look like initially but then if it if it happens organically if it grows organically then you realize that that community can be antithetical to what you perceived in your mind and so that I think that was a powerful powerful thing Definitely, like, if it made me think back, like, you know, when you first move here and you're dating or you're dating somebody else, you often meet their people first. And so even if you get along, you're like, but those are your people, <laughs> not really my people. And so it takes a second, definitely, as an adult to find, like, like even if they know your spouse or, or boyfriend or whoever, it's like a person that you're like, you know what, this is the beginning of my community or my little realm that I'm creating, which is, yeah, I love that. Um, I wanted to ask, like, since you got a chance to be there for a couple of years in, in, in the UK and then, or in England, and then go back for a couple of years, and then again to the UK, what was the difference, first part is like, what was the difference between the first six years and now being there, like, you know, settled in and kind of really planning the rest of your life in a way in England. Yeah, let's start with that. <laughs> I think um, this 
leg, as it were, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Um, I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot more direction and focus with my career, um, which it's it's sort of a, a a chicken and egg sort of situation because with more focus, um, I find it much harder to integrate a little bit. Um, I'll just explain. Um, so in film in the Caribbean, you kind of um, you have to do like a lot. You have to do every department. You know, you you I've worked in shorts, commercials, um, corporate, you know, you name it. You know, you kind of do it and you have to be multifaceted and skilled um, because the industry isn't that large to be able to sustain itself to you know, hyper-specialize. Um, in the UK, I would say they're much more hyper-specialized. So whereas, you know, you have several credits in terms of different, dif- you know, different um, different credits in terms of what you would have done. So you could be a location manager, you can do a production manager, you know, all these different things, which in the end, in my opinion, makes you stronger because you understand the different departments and the different roles intimately because you've been through it yourself. Um, It's hard to find a place because people don't know where to place you. And then um, the credits, they don't necessarily understand because it's not a... It's not a production that they get. So it's not a BBC or Channel 4 or, you know, so I guess... um, the film industry on the whole is very nepotistic and, you know, we see a familiar name, you know, you know who to call, you you kind of, and there is an advantage to that because you sort of need those shortcuts sometimes, Um, but it's a little bit debilitating at times for myself because then it's like, okay, I have this experience, but then where does it go because it's not recognized in certain ways so i would say in terms of coming back sometimes it feels like you're you're starting back in certain ways you're having to take a step back in some ways um to be able to move forward can i ask you culturally what it felt like to go back after a couple of years of living in the uk going back to trinidad what was that like in terms of not professionally my home more when I went back, I I really did appreciate my home more because I think, you know, I guess it's the whole absence makes the heart go founder as as corny as as cheesy as that sounds. <laughs> I think, um, you know, little things that you didn't really appreciate before, um, you know, being able to just show up at somebody's house, you know, have that luxury of um, knowing your support system is there. Um, you know, you always have a friend, you have some family member, could be the second cousin guy, <laughs> you know, it's 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 so lateral. Um, you know, even in terms of productions, um, you know, you form almost like a family in some ways with a small team. Um and I think knowing your own culture is um when you're able to do certain things because you're so you've grown up there, you're really you understand the place intimately. So mm-hmm. you understand automatically what's accepted, what is needed, what is, you know, so mm-hmm. whereas here I always take a, take a moment 
to analyze like mm, okay is this is this the correct thing to do what what is the what is going to be perceived from this action or this statement or you know so i think it's easier in a sense when i went back home having that extra appreciation okay and like did you feel like from what you're saying i'm also getting like you know you're coming back from england they're proud of you, so now even more, even more of a like, how can we help you when it comes to like work, or just how can we help you even settle in as a family? Like, did they think you were coming back to stay, or did they know you were going to be there for a short period of time? Um. Well, I went back because my mom was not well, um, but oh. I thought I I had the intention of staying. Um, well, I should say we had the intention of staying. Yes. My husband migrated with me. Um, and I always thought that, okay, this is, this is the move. Um, but I think, I think in certain ways it was easy to reintegrate. Um, but I think as a couple, well, when you're coming back a few years later, so things have moved on, no, no place right. stays the same and you yourself have changed. Right. So you're coming back into a different dynamic, being a different person. Right. So it was that sort of adjustment to make. And then I came back um, now married. So that was a different adjustment right. to make. You know, I was on my own for a number of years and you're going back into your family household right. and it's like, oh, things haven't changed in that way. Right, <laughs> no. so, and you know what it's like when you go back home to your parents, right, you know, right. so it, it was, it definitely took some getting used to. But I think the industry was very accommodating and um i think it, because it's so nascent and it's so growing um people were very open oh nice sure. are you familiar yeah. with elizabeth nunez's work no, I'm not. Oh. she is a uh she's from trinidad she's a writer very well accomplished writer uh she has many many books um oh <laughs> yeah yeah the word i yes. forget <laughs> Uh, just gave that to Norma. Grace is a beautiful book, but uh, one that might resonate with you is called Anna in Between. It has two different titles, but it's the same book. Anna in Between is about a girl who moves to the US, a woman. She works for a publishing company, actually. She's an editor. And then she goes home. Her mum is sick. She goes back to Trinidad uh, with her parents, her mum and her dad. And it, it, it deals with that dynamic of mother-daughter and what it's like for her to, to go back to Trinidad, feeling as both an outsider and an insider. So anyway, a, a book that, that you uh, might... Thank you for that recommendation. Read. Yeah, Elizabeth Nunez. And I just got Norma Grace, which is another beautiful novel by the same uh, author, Elizabeth Nunez, if you're interested. So, okay. And then, so what brings you back to the UK then? So you said that you, the plan was to stay and your husband was on board and willing to make. Oh yeah, he loved it. He loved his time in Trinidad. Um, So my mom passed on. I'm sorry. Um, And I think part of, that was part of the reason. And we gave it a few years after she did. Um, But then it's almost like you hit a point where, um, it felt like I couldn't, we couldn't progress our careers. Okay. Um, 
And, you know, I smile when I hear people say that, you know, they can't progress in England any longer. And I'm thinking, wow, the pond is so big here. (laughs) And, you know, they need to go to America. So I guess every pond has its its limits, you know. Um, So we made the decision, okay, well, we'll come, we'll come back home. Also, he wanted to come back home for his mom as well, you know, so it was only fair. We've, we've done it on my end. So then we came back here to be able to um, sort of advance in film. Yeah. Even if the circumstances weren't the best in terms of what instigated the move back to have that opportunity to spend time in your adult life back at home. I'm assuming that Trinidad is, is home, will always be home. And then to go back is, is uh, you know, what a blessing. But it certainly gives yeah. you perspective, right? Uh, a perspective that many people don't have. Those who left when they were much younger, you know, people who left as, as teens or when they were in their formative years, are certainly a, a, a much different experience than the one that you've had. Definitely. And I don't think I'll ever regret going back home. To me, um, I'll still make that decision again in spite of, um, you know, like I said, you know, the limitations that I feel now sometimes where, you know, it's not rec- certain things aren't recognized. Um, I think formatively it's helped shape me to who I am now. Um, and I think those six years were five, six, eight, something like that. <laughs> um, those were those were really essential for me personally. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Mama? And then as 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 a woman. Because like, and as a black woman in both places, and then with, even though I know you're transitioning into the career as the years are going, what would you say would be the biggest difference between being a black woman in both those places? Like, um, for like, for instance, I remember being super excited after I went to a festival and learning that Trinidad and Tobago is basically the place where film is, um, are growing the most like and giving good ex- incentives to filmmakers and stuff like that so I'm ex- I was excited that there's a place in the Caribbean that has that and so since you kind of have a foot in both those places as a black woman in that career what is what have you noticed about those two working in those two countries I would say I feel I think because Trinidad is so multi-racial multicultural I don't necessarily feel that I am a black woman in this space. I think also because it's home, I just feel like this, I'm just a woman at home. I'm just a Trini. I think here, I feel, I feel my quote unquote blackness. I feel, um, I feel that in some ways othering because I'm not in a lot of quote unquote black spaces and like a lot of black people around me. So I do feel more emphasis on that in the UK. Um, I would say, I think what I I wasn't prepared for and what I didn't know until I was actually on set here was just, um, they're really trying to push um, to get other, more opportunities for other ethnicities into film in the UK. And I really didn't realize just how, um, how the disparity, how much that disparity was here until I was there and I was just like, oh, okay, I see what you mean now. Um, so I think in that sense, it it makes me realize, oh, okay, yes, I feel like 
because I'm not, I'm one of the few or sometimes the only, um, depending on the situation. So then it's almost like, you know, you, you, you stand out or you stick out a bit. Um, yeah, I know they're actively working towards changing that and you are seeing much more progress with it coming. Um, but it's definitely still an issue in certain departments. Um, what I would say, one opportunity that I did have um, while in while working in Trinidad, we um, filmed one of our films in Ghana. I was on a project that went to Ghana. And I think for me, as a Black woman from the Caribbean, that was a really... Um, that was an experience that I think was really inspiring for me because obviously um, coming from the Caribbean, you know, our ancestors came from there. Like I've never gone to a place and when I exited the airport felt like I know this space, like in, something inside you felt like you know it. And I know it sounds really odd, but I just felt so comfortable and I felt um, not that it's home, but it just felt really familiar. Connected. And um, it was, it was so amazing to feel like I can go back to a space that quite possibly my ancestors were from and do that journey, but also in the process of that film, learn about my own Caribbean heritage, because it was tracing the story of a Caribbean man, but just learning everything around it as well that we weren't taught. So it was educational in that way too. Wonderful. So is that somewhere you could see yourself living if we had the opportunity? I would love to go back. But I would say that, you know, I feel like I need I need to go back because I feel like there's so much I didn't see because, you know, you're working. So I think I would love to go back one day just to experience the place. That's on the list. Yeah. Yes, it's definitely on the list. So you said um, so it's great that the UK is finally beginning to invest in, you know, here inclusion is the word. Um, so do you find yourself often being called upon or expected to represent the whole since you are often the only one in spaces or are you left alone to just kind of do your own thing? Well, I think my my experience has been slightly different in the sense that I have been working with an organisation that actively works towards diversifying the creative industries. So everyone we recently did, um, we're actually in post-production for the feature at the moment. And everyone that we have on crew, whether and cast, so in front and behind the camera, has had some barrier to access. So they could be, um, you know, it could, be because of race, it could be because of socioeconomic class, it could be, you know, all of these different things. They're not, they don't have the access to it in some form or fashion. Um, you know, we have mothers that have just come back out from 
taking care, you know, childcare or parent. So, because I think it's it's not just about the racial divide; it's also about class. Um, class is a very big thing here. You know, a lot of people don't have the opportunity to get into film just because of it's it's extremely restrictive. I mean, in the last few years, it's it's gotten a lot more accessible because the technology has become gotten cheaper, gotten a lot more mobile. Um, but um, I think there's still a lot of barriers in a way and it's I was lucky enough to f- work with an organization that was actively trying to combat that so I think in that sense coming back to the community aspect we spoke about earlier um, I found a community in that way mm. as well that have incorporated me into this space to help because I've had my own access issues. Right. And if I remember uh, correctly, they, um, people that came through this project went on and did, are doing well. Are we speaking about, I think we spoke, um, Leslie and I have spoken off um, this taping about this project. And I remember you being excited that people that came through I think it was acting, some of them, or but they were able to now carry on in this line of work. Is this the same? Oh, definitely, yeah. So we've um, employed different people that are coming into film because that's one of the barriers that you get when you're starting out. It's a lot of unpaid work. You know, in a lot of cultural spaces, it's a lot of unpaid work initially. And... A lot of people can't afford to take on opportunities like that. Um, so they never actually get the opportunity, um, especially if they don't have anyone that works in a space. Like when I was coming in, I I didn't know anyone in, in this space apart from my husband who was, you know, he was basically like minor level above me because he had just graduated from uni as well. So um, when you don't have that, it's it's very difficult and um, those opportunities that we gave to 10 young people were paid for six months and they got to learn, they got to train um, and then help towards getting them to the next stage with their CV and interview, you know, all these things. So it was, it was very holistic in that sense. Yes. I loved, I loved when you um, spoke about that and like, and how, you know, like that is really what new filmmakers need. It's like, because especially if you come like from families, like similar to, I can say ours, we, we are all three have a pretty Caribbean background. And I feel like a lot of African backgrounds have it too. Actually, a lot of people of color have this background. It's where they're like, okay, that's great that you want to do that, but on your own time or like next to something until it makes money. And so I just know that like, I mean, it's one of the reasons that my stuff started much later in life than in my younger years, even though I was always writing. And so to know that there's people out there that are making like organizations so that younger people can like uh, support themselves and like pursue their, their dream or their, which is their career. I think that that's, um, and yeah, that's very nice to hear. It's great to hear. I think I wore my family down. So <laughs> that's how I was able to get it. Right. <laughs> You're like, we have to do this. <laughs> you have so to speak- do I have to. I have to do this. <laughs> so speaking of family, what aspects of, of culture uh, you're from, from Trinidad 
uh, or just even from family, uh, things that are specific to family traditions, what, what things do you carry with you? If anything at all, maybe you, maybe you abandon them. I, I find that hard to believe, but I'm sure there are things that are, oh yeah, because that's my twin, that's, that's my, my heritage, that's my roots, that's, it could be discipline, it could be work ethic, it could be food, it could be language, it could be. Um, I think I carry a few things with me um, growing up. I know for a, a lot of people, it sounds terrible, but growing up, my mom always said one thing to me. She said, you have three strikes against you in this world. She said, you're black, you're female, and you're from a third world country. And she said, you have to do three times better than anybody else. Okay. And I think that's led to sort of um, um, perfectionism in a way. Um, mm -hmm. which can be a bit debilitating, mm -hmm. um, but it's given me, I think, um, a sort of resilience mm -hmm. um, that I think it keeps me going. Yeah. I would say that, firstly. Um, I think in terms of traditions, um, well, we celebrated Christmas recently, and I decided I was going to do my version of Trini Christmas. Okay. So I made puncha creme, I did a ham, you know, so it was a little bit of home. Um, I recently found um, some friends, a friend, a couple's friend of mine, that they're also from Trinidad. We made pastels together. And, you know, and that's for anybody that's made pastels before, it's an intensive mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we did all that. And um, it was just nice to have something familiar okay. on the day. So, but tell the audience a little bit what pastels are, because I'm imagining one thing, but I want to make sure. Oh, yeah. what, does it do? mm -hmm. what, does that, what does that actively like? What? Sorry? Pastels. As a t tell the audience what it's what it's like to do like what kind of activity is that I'm imagining one thing but I'm like wait is it really that so tell us what that means when you're from Trini and you're making pastels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's quite labor intensive because um, it's um, sort of a it's a meat filling um, in cornmeal and it's wrapped with banana leaves mm -hmm. um, and then you typically steam it. And um, then, you know, you can freeze it and then bring it back out and, and, and um, reheat it later on. But it takes quite a while because, I mean, you have to prepare the leaves, you have to make the filling, you have to make um, the, the, um, the wrap almost, as it were. Um, and it's, it takes quite a few hours because, I mean, you're not going to make two. So right. I think on this occasion, we made like 90. <laughs> Because wait, what's in it? Everyone that's making it as well. So right, and what's in it? I've never had that. Sorry, no, I said I never had that. What's in it? What were you thinking, Norma? Because it's when she said I, it, I knew what it was. She was painting. Oh, <laughs> that's why I was like, wait, let me ask. <laughs> so I immediately first thought pastels and thought like the little jellied sweet. That was my first thought. But then I was like, it sounds like actually pasteles, pastelis, pasteles, pastelis, I can't, I don't speak Spanish. So in my head, I, I thought, no, she wouldn't mean they were making sweets. I switched from that and immediately knew what you were saying. What, 
I don't speak Spanish, but there's something called pasteles or something like that. And I think it's a similar kind of thing. In my head, I saw something wrapped in cornmeal with meat inside. So either I yeah. must have seen so it. It in... might be it might be quite similar because it's originally um it has its roots from Venezuela. Yes, I think ah. it's the same thing. because we're so close to Venezuela, we have a lot of that influence in our food. So definitely it could be this very similar, yeah. same I'll thing. Because <laughs> it I'm gonna look it up. And Norma thought painting. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> it sounds delicious though. It sounds exactly like up my alley. So like it is delicious. Like on a on, on a really bad day, like it cheers me up. <laughs> I have my own secret stash. <laughs> yeah, I love secret stashes. <laughs> it, it is Spanish pastel pastelas. Uh, anyway, you can look it up on your own time. Maybe I've seen it uh, when I go to I've the twenty store to get um. You'll love to it. get the bacon fish and stuff, maybe that's why I've sort of seen it. And over the past few years, they started to do different variations, you know, so they'll have chicken or um, just beef or um, they have the vegetarian ones now. So uh -huh. I've never tried the vegetarian one, but uh, that would be even funny. have fish pasta. So all the different varieties now. Well, but now you know people. But yeah, they do have it in... Uh, it's Puerto Rican... Anyway forget it i'm gonna go waffle on about it but okay so you found <laughs> we're getting carried away by the food <laughs> yes food always gets you going <laughs> so there, there are there are aspects of of, of your uh, culture that you bring with you um i love what you said about your mom it, it is a it is a statement that i think parents still say today and i like that you were honest about the fact that it can be that that pressure to live up to that or to be to always be aware of that um, can sometimes both be an instigator, that drive to just to move forward, to be the best you can be, but also then having to maintain a particular level or a standard that you set for yourself, which is not even one that others expect of you, can be burdensome. But the fact that you recognise that, I think, is important. And I think it's uh, um, something that a lot of people live with. Probably your uh, good friend Norma right there with you. In terms of expectation, yeah, I, I wanted to say that I, I feel that as a producer, as as a producer, like like working with Leslie as a producer, like even though she like told that us that about herself, I feel she's really good and like recognizing for me as her writing writer to not do that. I remember one of our like earlier meetings. I was like, I'm gonna look for funds, and she was like, No, that's not. That's I do that. <laughs> you write. And I was like, it's like one of the first times that somebody gave me the space, especially in a work relating uh, relationship to say, you just do that part. I'm so used to wearing so many hats. And so like how we're like raised to do to just prove so much at once instead of just doing the one role that you actually like are assigned. And so that was one of my favorite things in one of our meetings where she's she was able to tell me to not do that thing that we know so well from like how we are raised. And she's like, no, you write and I look for fun. And you can concentrate on this one thing and like, you know, like relax and simmer into that. And so that's, yeah, just working um, with her as a producer in that and having that type of um, the grace also that she gives me while we're working. I, it, 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 um, it stands out. It, it, I can tell that we, that she knows what that's like for as a woman and just as a working woman to give the, yourself that space. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that part. 
Yeah, why not? Can you share with us, in terms of sharing, uh, kind of projects, uh, I, I'm assuming that you are in a position to choose from the projects that you, you know, I'm sure there are projects you have to take because you have to keep a roof over your head, but there's projects that you can choose. Can you share with us the kind of projects you look for? What do you gravitate toward when someone proposes a project? Um, I think I've realized, um, well, I've done a variety of things on just in, I think it's trying to find my own voice. Um, and I think it's, I've never realized that I've needed to find my own voice as a producer, because it's always so, you always hear about people, you know, find your voice as a director, find your voice as a director. And I never thought that I needed to find my own voice and decide on stories that I want to tell as a producer. Um, but over the past few years, I've realized I want to focus on stories that talk about cultural identity and the strengths of cultural identity. Mm -hmm. So I've been focusing more on projects along those lines. So the two that are in development at the moment, one is a doc and one is narrative and both of them um, both of them are um, following those themes so right. quite heavily. One is based in Trinidad, one is about a South Asian community in England. You know, so it's, it's very different in terms of the communities that they're looking at, but they always have this um, a very strong message um, and theme of cultural identity. Wonderful, wonderful. I think I think that's true of Norma and I, the work that we do as well. I think in some way it, it connects to that, those themes as well. And, and for me, I'll speak personally, I think it comes from not having enough um, existing examples, perhaps growing up. I think there's way more now. For myself, it's about uh, a similar thing in terms of finding voice and representation that is in part motivated by the desire to add my voice to um, the voiceless or to at least uh, create some recognition because growing up I didn't see myself reflected in the literature I read or the films I watched. Um, Norma? Um, for me, it's the having lived in three different places that are a big part of me, which is Suriname and the Netherlands and now the US. And then kind of then realizing like, wait, then like, who am I? And then finding my my peace with, with that. And that's how I feel like uh, this cultural identity has story has come into my life. I definitely think um, the representation is important because you're right, Tracy, um, growing up, you know, we didn't see a lot of ourselves um, in the media space. Um, and I think now things are quite different. Yeah. Um, in some instances, I know for a lot of stuff back at home, like I still wish like we could see more of our local culture and television. We don't have those things. So it's like I see like hair on the BBC and different things like that. They're very active about the British culture. Right. And I don't see that in our space. It's very Americanized. Yeah. Um, 
you know, cable, it's, it's just like, what does it mean to be West Indian? What does it mean to be Trinidadian? What does it mean to be X? So I think, yeah, and coming back to the community aspect as well, again, it's, I think that the films that I do, it's very much leaning towards that, um, that theme of working out community and working out the identity of people. Right. Even on the smallest level, I was in Jamaica for Christmas and it's a silly thing, but I was actually quite, and don't kill me people, but I was surprised to see that their morning, I shouldn't say surprise, the morning show format that you see anywhere, they had their own morning show format, right? With their presenters and their doing leading up to Christmas games and things and I was happy I was actually pleasantly surprised and I don't know why I would be surprised why wouldn't they have their own morning show with their own anchors but I was a little bit surprised by it at first and amused by it um but then once that show went off it all went to US and UK programming so there's still so much work to be done I think and I don't know if it's because the whole, the Western hold, the Western imperialism is just so strong. And as much as other communities want to put their own stamp and mark on things, there's still the seduction of, of the US and the UK <clears throat> and Canada, and they occupy so much space. But if, you know, the funding has to be there and the appreciation has to be there. And as long as these other places are seen as the standard the mark of excellence, um, just the the belief that they're better, or people are more interested in these things. Until that mindset changes, it, it will be a, a slow build. But it will get there, I, I believe. <laughs> it will. But I think it's also chicken and egg, because in order to facilitate one, you have to, you have to begin. So who begins? Right. You know, so because then the industry doesn't get the experience. So then the work doesn't develop. So then, you know, the taste isn't there because you haven't nurtured and cultured it. Right. So it's like, it's this ever spinning thing that just keeps fight, you know, chasing its tail almost. Right. But you, you are the change, right? You are the missing link. So all are. No, no we all but because well I'm 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 kind of leading you to your collective, right? To your the, the, the organization that you created that will allow for this kind of homegrown talent to make these kind of changes. So can you talk about uh, your your organization when it when it started where it is right now how it's growing yeah so we started um filmco which is the filmmakers collaborative of trinidad and tobago in 2016 oh. um there's three other filmmakers and myself um all from all from tnt and it was formed um for that very same reason um we wanted to get some local programming on air um, because um, in the Caribbean, or at least in Trinidad, um, unlike the rest of the world, I would say, you actually have to pay if you want to get your content on air. And they still get the advertising f- revenue as well. So you, as the producer, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, it's nuts. And... Um, 
we formed a collaborative to be able to move that forward. And it had to go to cabinet, different things like that. Anyway, um, long and short of it, um, it was quite a process, but we were successful and we got a year's worth of pro local curated programming on television for three different strands. So it was Wonderful. like a feature strand, a documentary strand and a short strand. So a lot of filmmakers throughout the entire region, because we weren't only focusing on TNT, um, we're able to get their content on television and importantly, we're paid for it, Wonderful. which is the distinguishing factor. Yes. Um, so I think that was a first push in terms of changing the narrative. Um, additionally, we've been doing like a lot of workshops, you know, looking at where the gaps in the industry are. Um, and really looking to try and build the industry from the ground up. Um, so, and also creating that safe space, a sense of community. Um, COVID has made it a little difficult, but it's, it's good. <laughs> We're still getting there. Um, and over the past few years, we've now taken over the management of the local film festival. So Film Coast also been managing and running the Trinidad and Tobago Film Festival as well. So it's a tiny organization doing quite a lot. Yes. And the funding for this comes from the government. You write grants. How do you? We are not government funded. Um, it's all grants. Um, yeah, it's all grants and um, sponsored. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. You should be uh, applauded for that work. I mean, I know that it's it's not done for accolades but you know it's it's amazing and a, a great model for others to follow i would say yes yeah um i'm hoping so because a lot of different things are happening throughout the region i'm seeing you know different organizations coming up and i think people are wanting the change and they're starting to work towards it and i know there have been iterations before doing things over the past few years so i guess this is the next evolution um building on what came before um so because every every um few years you know you need to t keep working and building from the foundations essentially so right. and we know we're not the first ones to do it it's just that okay we're taking up the mantle of what was left and then trying to push forward again indeed. so indeed <laughs> last question norma Oh, see, and I, I was like, um, I felt like I waffled on. So I was like, I'll let Tracy ask one more thing. <laughs> I feel, um, no, I've, I don't, because my, my last question here, I felt was something you had answered. Um, I was going to, one of them was, what do you miss the most? And then another one was about producing, which I felt like you just spoke about. So I, um. I felt like my questions were covered and I felt like I wanted you to, to I thought Tracy might have a question that was more about just you as, as a being instead of work related. So I paused. <laughs> oh, I mean, sure. So, well, let me ask you then as our, as our last question. And I, I we thank you for joining us today and, and sharing a lot about yourself and your journey, the journey thing. Nominals. I'm not. I'm not a fan of the journey thing. Okay, Leslie Ann. Let's let's kind of circle back to what you said about community because I just think it was beautiful. Um, I'm thinking about 
what you were saying about getting together with friends and the cooking. So how often do you do that kind of thing? And I would imagine it makes you feel rooted in some way. Um, can you speak about other kinds of cultural activities that you might do with friends or family? And actually, do you have any more family there with you? When I say family, I mean, I think you said you went to an aunt, so maybe it was a friend of your mother's when you first moved. So do you have family, extended family there? Um, I have very few family members here. I have a cousin and my aunt who's really like a third cousin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. how it is in families, mm -hmm. like I was, um, right. everybody's auntie or uncle. Right, right. Um, yeah, so that, that, those are my only blood family members here. Mm, wow, very few. And so, and so, do you have an opportunity then to get together with your T and T group and and cook beyond Christmas time? Uh, go for a drink. Um, I don't know other kinds of social activities, or is your circle just very very broad? And there may be some Trinis or other people from the Caribbean, and maybe not. Um. I have a few friends here, yes, um, from Trinidad. Um, we do see each other on occasion, which is quite nice. The cooking really only mainly happens at, at Christmas time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, because I think it's just such a, um, a production to be able to do right. on the production line. Um, but I think um, I think different communities like um, Island Girl Rocks, you know, all of these other smaller organizations which are trying to create different little spaces um just because i think that's how i met normal mm. um and i think although as horrible as covid you know over the past two years has been um doing a lot of stuff digitally has actually opened up a lot of access mm. um and i've met people that i would have never met mm. um in the in the space and people that i feel connected to whether they're based here or not mm. but um being able to see eye to eye with people and just feeling connected to them which has been really great so i think that's expanded my my little world as it were in a different way so whether they're here physically or not, it's been it's 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 been different, but it's it's been great. No, I think that's wonderful. It speaks to kind of the transient nature of what community can look like. It doesn't have to be, you know. I I use language like home and rootedness, and you know that 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 kind of language is important for me. But I think you're expanding that definition to say that home can be in many places, and it can be uh, in different modalities. Definitely. Wonderful. So good people, we thank Leslie Ann for joining us today. It's been a wonderful hour or so, a wonderful conversation. She's really brought something different, a different kind of perspective to the conversations we've been having thus far. We've got to know what it means to be a producer, what it means to be a, uh, a producer from, that has an international uh, perspective and experience a producer that carries home wherever she may be, whether physically, uh, whether through the interwebs. Uh, a woman with grace uh, who um, has a strong sense of self, actually. And so we do hope that you find her story inspiring. 
And as always, we thank you for listening. So thank you, Leslie Ann, for joining us today. Thank you, Norma and Tracy. It's really been great to meet and be able to chat with you guys. I've been looking forward to this. So this is awesome. Wonderful. You can find me on Instagram. Um, my handle is my name, Leslie Ann McFarlane, all one word. Thank you. And you can find us at Black Girls With Accents, same thing, Instagram. And you can listen to us on all podcast streaming platforms. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you.